0: Welcome back to the Triax Performance Channel. Today, we're introducing a new segment, Sean and I. Uh, Depending on the success, it may be a long-lasting one or it may be short-lived like some of our other ideas that didn't make it past the cutting room floor. But actually, Sean, do you want to introduce it? What are we doing today?
1: Yeah, so this is the the Triax Book Club. so so rob and i thought we'd rob's probably more of an avid reader than i am i'm sort of the uh more of a casual participant but just yeah i I do enjoy hearing about books that other people Mm. um enjoy so i thought maybe we can try and offer some that we we enjoy and sort of pass on some recommendations and so i guess what all we're going to do is just talk about give a little quick little synopsis and what we like didn't like about it and some practical take-home messages for, for each one so uh, absolutely and I think this all stemmed from our previous productivity video
0: that we that we put up in terms of trying to you know, improve improve your productivity throughout the day and a big part of my productivity is reading as Sean says I'm a bit of a, a learned sort of guy in terms of the books I read and I always to go into various bookshops and, and and pick up the newest and <laughs> newest and, and best read but I think I've enjoyed reading more as I've gotten older, Sean, I think I found a bit of a chore early on. But now, yeah. as I've matured a bit more, I like you know, try to improve myself and also learn uh, from, from others' experiences as well. So hopefully it's going to be a decent segment that we can still have a bit of fun with and not turn it into a, a library club. But, you know, I'm I'm pretty keen about this one, Sean. I'm excited. So maybe if we both want to introduce the books that we've read in the past month, then we can go from there. So actually, you can go first. What have you, what have you read? Just give us a verbal blurb of the book you've read.
1: Uh, well, I do, I do want to preface that I actually haven't read a book in quite a while because oh. I've, I've been under the pump with, with uni for a bit. But yep. this one I read probably about six months ago, I want to say, probably yep. yeah, Jan, January this year. I've got it got here with me. Uh, <laughs> back after the break. Osha,
0: Osha oh, what right interesting okay so I wasn't expecting it's, this. A
1: little, it's it's a little yeah. bit left field but yeah, yeah, um, it is. yeah. a little bit a little bit topical um, given the, the time we're recording this last week was uh, men's health week and I guess Oscar yep. sort of talks about his sort of mental health um, battles that he's gone through and
0: would you maybe want to yeah. explain who Oscar is for people that aren't aware of who who
1: he is yeah so I guess he probably shot to fame or most people um, would have first been aware or recognised him from Australian Idol back in the day as mm. Andrew G, and now these days he's the uh, host of the Bachelor Bachelorette.
0: Absolutely, and so maybe
1: actually another one. He's is also the voiceover the voiceover guy on Bondi Rescue. If you ever watched that, yes, <laughs> it's good. Yes, yeah. so we well, got well, a I... um, yeah. very easily recognisable voice, I suppose.
0: So why don't you give us a bit of a, give us the blurb, give us your version of the blurb for the book.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it, it's essentially just an autobiography. He, but he sort of talks about his, uh, initially his parents um, and their upbringing uh, overseas. Um, and then his childhood, he said he was overweight as a kid, um, had some self-esteem issues, mental health issues that sort of stem from that eating disorder, that sort of thing. And then being in the entertainment industry. So there's a lot of access to... Um, Alcohol and illicit drugs that are pretty easily accessible. So yeah, it sort of just led to addiction, furthered his sort of eating disorders. He was diagnosed with PTSD, actually. He was in New York City on 9-11. Wow. Um, which would have which would have been pretty terrifying. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, just sort of his um sort of his mental health issues led to some relationship breakdowns, marriage breakdowns, you know, he's had suicidal thoughts, paranoia, anxiety attacks, all that sort of thing. And just so, sort of his sort of an honest account of everything and sort of how he overcame overcame that. And I guess I think the purpose of the book is just to, to help others who might be dealing with something similar to sort of make it a bit more relatable that they're not sort of so helpless or that there are ways to move forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So why... Why did you find this book? So why did this? Why did you pick this one off the shelf?
1: I think I my friend Zoe actually she she read it and she recommended it and then I think I started listening to a few of his podcast episodes. Yep. Um, and then from there, yeah, just thought I thought I'd try the book out and I probably with most books bought it and it sat, it sat on the bookshelf for about a good six to 12 months before I actually read it. <laughs>
0: yeah, But um, yeah.
1: yeah, eventually got around. So it was actually yeah, quite good. So does he explain why he changed his name or he didn't
0: explain why there was a shift away from Andrew G towards Osher? Like is there an explanation as to why that sort of happened?
1: Yeah, I think it was just sort of on his journey to sobriety and yeah. sort of that new identity. I guess, okay. well, sort of yeah, like, right trying on. to leave the well, leave the past behind, and yeah, yeah. new identity. Um, he said because he's, I think it was his ex-wife. I can't remember the exact details, but had I think lived in Israel or had some some ties to Israel, and they and he was doing work in Israel as well. So essentially, osha means uh, happiness in Hebrew. Um, um, interesting, right? Eh? Yeah. So, so yeah, just yeah, I think just yeah, new identity, I suppose.
0: Beautiful. Okay. So then what did you, what did you like about the book? Tell me what, what did you
1: get out of it? I guess just that it, it sheds some light on how mental health issues can affect anyone. And like, I mm-hmm. guess, um, yeah. Okay. Osher yeah. or Andrew G he's been prominent on Australian TV screens for, for quite a while. And I think it just normalizes um, mental health battles or mental yeah. health issues and reduces the stigma and it's like, it's a good it's a good easy read like it's he's pretty, charism- like a pretty charismatic character and I think mean, that comes across in the book pretty, yeah, pretty right humorous eh? at times but also like it's really honest and and to like goes through some, some dark sort of things so it can be a bit sort of um, a bit full on a bit overwhelming in some parts but um, generally speaking it's good actually I have a quote that I wanted to share oh beautiful if, yeah please if please go
0: yeah
1: all right so i actually found this really interesting and i guess it's sort of the main reason as to what sort of why he wrote the book um mm-hmm. he, sort of, he says when we hear someone with a story similar to ours the magnitude of our story diminishes and it's no longer something we have to tackle alone it's now something we can get help dealing with because someone else has dealt with it before and they can show us a path out of the pain beautiful yeah, quite, yeah, quite like that but it's as I said before if, you, if, if someone else is in a similar situation or maybe not even a similar situation but going through their own troubles and you sort of can relate to someone that you might not know personally but you know you're familiar with them because he's on tv then and, and and those sort of circumstances happen to someone that's that sort of lives in the limelight I guess then um it's sort of makes you feel, I guess, a li- little less overwhelmed that if, if you're thinking there might not be a way to, to get mm. better or a way, way to get help.
0: Absolutely, man. I think
1: it's it's quite powerful because as a, as a society now, we're so
0: connected by social media, but in some ways we're so far apart because we feel like we're the only ones going through something when it's clearly not the case. So I like that. I think that's, that's a good message. And I think if it spurs conversations such as this one, then Absolutely. it's a great book in itself. So that's awesome. Is there anything then that you maybe didn't like about the book, but if the book was a bit not as good, any sort of guess different it, thoughts
1: on that? Yeah, it does get a bit um, repetitive with the, I guess, the stories of the alcohol and the and the drug mm-hmm. use, and I don't, it's not necessarily a a dislike, but it was almost just like the repetition, like it could have just been a bit more concise, I think. And it, yeah, right. And I, it obviously- I know it wasn't but I think it sort of glorified a little bit that he was able to achieve all he did and he had all this success while that was happening.
0: Right, okay. Interesting. And obviously, do you reckon that he, as an author, he was trying to like highlight the magnitude of, of how big that part of his life was?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, yeah. and I think that came across yeah. pretty early and yeah. the, the more the stories came up. It was sort of like, yeah, I think I think we understand that. Already mm. we probably don't need to hear a, a similar story just in a different setting a few years later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That sort of thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Or All right. Then within a short time frame. but
0: what about yeah. if you had one message for me or if anyone else watching this, what's the, what's the takeaway message, the, the practical message?
1: Uh, you have to put in the work. So uh, I suppose in the book, I suppose in the book he acknowledges that it's always going to be an ongoing process and, Just because you do get help, that doesn't automatically make you better. So you can have all the tools at your disposal, um, but you actually need to put the effort in um, to do the things that, you know, will help you and sort of identify what makes you feel better. And obviously with someone with the issues that he had, obviously you hear a lot of the things like, oh, get some sunlight, do some physical activity. Like obviously that wasn't going to make him better. Like he, Mm. he talked about being on some pretty heavy medications and taking medications for a long period of his life, but to have just having those medications or having the tools of the people to speak to, or the professionals in healthcare to help you, that's only going to get you halfway or not even halfway through the journey. You've you've actually got to put the work in yourself and Mm -hmm. you can't just expect it to to happen just by sitting there idly by and hoping it, hoping it all changes.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so what, if you had to give a recommendation to someone out of five, what do you what are you sort of give
1: uh, I'd go three and a half.
0: Oh, okay, three and a half. Three there we half. go. So, all right, fair enough. That's still pretty good. Yeah. That's obviously yeah, it was uh, good. It was awesome. good,
1: but yeah. not not excellent either. I mean, it's like I think for well, for me anyway, like an auto autobiography is just going to be a pretty easy read, and you'll find some some interesting things, but it's probably not going to Get too many take-home messages out of it, which is like sort of what I like to look for. What can I learn from it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not to say I didn't learn anything from it. I learned a fair bit and um, some pretty eye-opening things in there. But yeah, it was good. Beautiful.
0: Well, Sean, that was a good, nice, concise report from you. So that's very good. Can't wait for next Thanks. next month's one, one or whenever whenever we do this again. So yeah,
1: beautiful. You, well done. All right. What did what did you have teed up then?
0: All right, so this this one this is i've read this book before and i'm still in the process of reading it again a second of the time because i enjoyed it so much and and wanted to write a pretty thorough sort of uh, series of notes on the book because i really enjoyed it and that is interesting R- range by david epstein or epstein depending on, on how that's pronounced and uh, it's a pretty popular book i'd say within society it's been around for a while and and i'd heard some some good things about it from uh, from numerous people not just within our industry but uh, across a, a broad range as well so i thought i'd give it a, a bit of a read i wasn't really sure what it actually entailed too much before i you know started to read it and, and got past the blurb but uh, for those people essentially who haven't read it it's basically talking about uh, generalists and specialists within the, the world and, and professional careers and athletes and across various domains but it generally sides towards the generalist angle, so talking about the advantages and and some of the benefits of being a generalist in, in whatever you do, rather than having narrow specialisation. So it talks about you know that famous 10,000 hour 10,000 hours rule of expertise that me and you have have learned about in sports science, and it basically debunks a few of those myths uh, surrounding you know early specialisation into a particular field, whether that might be academically or, or sports or wherever that might be. And and also challenges, Sean, some of the social structures that I think we get presented to early in life. So some of the things are talked about in terms of early specialisation in uni or in high school or or wherever it might be there and career paths. So it sort of challenges that and I guess showcases the idea of how beneficial it is to have diverse experiences in, and in the long run that how that's going to benefit you and and hopefully overcome any perceived head start you get from, I guess, that early specialization. And and then how yeah, that's yeah. offset by an aptitude to, to sample early and, and often, mate. So yeah, it's, it, it was a really good book and and one that I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed, mate. It's definitely at the top of the bookcase at the moment.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting um, topic of conversation, particularly, I guess, in our field. Um, with, yeah, absolutely. we with- with kids you see a lot of um a lot of studies or a lot of coaches um anecdotally talk about how kids need of or the benefit of playing multiple sports as a kid but then nowadays you're seeing so many of these pathway programs for kids that are you know 12 13 14 years old yeah and and it makes you wonder whether and you see so many stories about oh this kid who was a Five star recruit Alabama recruited a kid yeah. when he was like fourteen or fifteen, and they, and they never eventuate. Mm, yeah, you wonder, yeah, you wonder. There's obviously a lot of factors that that go into it, um, but you wonder whether that maybe too early going down that specialist route becomes mm. detrimental or not.
0: Well, man, that's and it's a great point. So the first chapter of the book, and I don't really want to give too much away in terms of the actual content of the book, but it talks about uh, Roger Federer and, and Tiger Woods, and how different their experiences were to their levels of greatness. Like, obviously, Tiger's rise to to greatness in golf started when he was about two or three years old. So, he yeah. had that, he had a club in his hand that early, whereas I think Federer was a bit more diverse in sports he played and and didn't really specialize. And I reckon until maybe late teens, like 17, 16, 17. So, I think it, it, it show, showcased obviously the both sort of school the fourth schools of thought um, surrounding expertise so it was pretty good and as you said mate like it's within our field as well people talk about that stuff all the time whether you're a generalist for one sport you know working as a practitioner or you're you know, specialized in particular sports so um, I think it's it's obviously a pertinent debate that extends not only to our realm of expertise but everywhere doesn't
1: it absolutely so what were what were the things you liked about the book
0: mate I loved a lot of things about this book honestly it's it was a good book for me to read at this time in my life, I feel like, and and the main thing I liked was I loved the idea of patience that you get from this book. So when you read it, um, you know, I'm 26, and it basically gives you the reassurance that even if you haven't got it figured out now, it's not the end of the world, in terms of your life direction or your career path or wherever you want to go, and you know, it uses lessons from a vast array of people. Like I said, Federer is one, and you've got Vincent Van Gogh, it's got a reference in there, like even air force academy students learning maths like there's there's plenty of different life experiences where it shows that you know you as long as you sort of experience and sample different things that you don't necessarily need to have that head start or have the idea straight away where you need to go and i found that very reassuring and comforting honestly because i feel like personally i don't feel set in my career path at the moment depending on on where i end up and and sometimes I feel like I'm racing against a bit of a ticking clock in my mind as to when I need to make that final decision. And, and reading this book, I think gave me a, a few more um, a few more digits on that clock to sort of figure it all out and relieve that pressure a bit.
1: So that was really good. I suppose it's good to have that um, reassurance. Or even going back to my book, if you if you hear sort of anecdotally some stories of people that have gone through something similar, than that yeah. sort of helps you to sort of relate to it a bit more. And you sort of, I think um, personally, we sort of drum up or we put pressure on ourselves because yeah. we, I think naturally compare ourselves to others. And we probably put that that pressure on of, of sort of where we need to be and this idea that we sort of have in our head. And mm. if we can sort of um, be able to relate to people that have gone through similar things and that can always help.
0: Mate, absolutely. And and reading these stories, like, I never felt like I'd relate to some quotes from Vincent Van Gogh. So, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's just, and that's the other thing was how, obviously, how varied the experiences were that the comfort I drew from that. And, maybe it's honestly, it was just a book of, a source of hope and optimism. So that's why I'll keep it towards the top of the bookshelf and, and hopefully refer to it when I need to. But like you, I also found a passage in the book that, i think is pertinent and sort of tossing up between two two different passages so the first one i've got a permanent bookmark at the end of the book so the last couple of pages so i won't read that out because that is for a later discussion that we'll talk about but this is one from vincent van gogh so i'll put on my best narrating voice (laughs) so this isn't a direct quote but this leads into the quote he likened himself to a caged bird in spring who feels deeply that it is, his t- it is his time to do something important but cannot recall what it is. And so bangs his head against the bars of his cage and then the cage stays there and the bird is mad with suffering. A man too, he exhorted, so this is the direct quote, doesn't always know himself what he could do but he feels by instinct, I'm good for something. Even so, I know that I could be quite a different man. There's something within me, so what is it? So I read that quote and I thought, that's some of the things I've felt and thought honestly the last five years or so. So I read that and thought, well, that's like some tapped in the some of the things I've thought. So yeah, when I when I read that, because that's pretty early on in the book, that's probably maybe about halfway the book sort of had me from there.
1: Yep. That's good, mate. Very very philosophical.
0: Me and Vincent Van Gogh were like this. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: How about dislikes or anything you didn't particularly like about the book?
0: No I didn't really dislike anything to be honest uh, as you can tell I was pretty invested in the contents of it I guess maybe the anecdotes at the start like some of them were a bit polarizing if you didn't really understand the concepts which obviously is part and parcel of a book about you know, variety in your life so there's some things are going to be a bit foreign particularly some of the astrology and, and, and global sort of philosophy based anecdotes were a bit hard to conceptualize early but having read it read it the second time around, it's um, a lot more clearer, but yeah, probably the anecdotes at the start, mate. Because it's like, it's set up as if, yeah, it will talk about a global sort of concept and then it'll talk uh, and then I'll give like anecdotes and real life examples of that. So probably just right. that, mate.
1: Very good. Um, all right, give us a quick take-home message. Just a right, quick one. So
0: the, the take-home one is to incorporate experimental days. So they talk, it talks in the book about allocating some some of your free time throughout the week whether it's a Friday night or Saturday morning where you can try and sample different things so it might be you know you might learn piano or you might read up on some sort of science thing or something completely out of your field of expertise and give it a go and, and sample it so see what you know see if you enjoy something else or see if you can get something from another field and then hopefully apply it to your domain because that's where the value is in things is that if you can see something, identify it, and then extract it to whatever you do, then you can um, reap some serious rewards there. So I guess don't be afraid to take a bit of an experimental experimental life. Uh, don't be afraid to take a bit of an experimental view to your life.
1: Interesting. I was like, I think that um, going back to like lockdown last year, that's kind of things I was trying to identify what were. Cause just because I was bored and looking for things yeah. to do, what were things that I could sort of, um, what hobbies I could take up. And I think that by, by doing that sort of exp- like, if you experiment with different things that even if you like, you got a couple of things, couple of a couple of outcomes, like either you, you won't like yeah. it and <laughs> and so be it, or, or you do like it. And you can, you can either draw things that you can take back to maybe your profession or something that you yeah. do um, career wise, or if not, you've just found a new, Hobby that can be a nice little outlet or something you do on the side, and yeah, exactly. Um, like you don't know
0: unless you have a go, do you? So yeah, and that's, sure. and that's obviously one of the other big take-home messages from that book is that you know thinking and pivoting across domains. So as we'll see, and as we know from sports science, mate. Like I've said this a few times about GPS. Like GPS is now one of the most used texts for athletes and. Mate, that started US Defense, Department of Defense made that in the whatever the 80s or whatever it was. So that somehow then led to athletes wearing them in games. So there you
1: go. Interesting. All right. Give us a uh, a rating out of five.
0: Five, five, just a flat five, mate. Loved it. Yeah, five. Yeah, loved it. If you honestly, though, like, because our age, mate, like me and you have had some pretty honest discussions about the ruts we've felt like we've been in in terms of career wise and. And some yep. of those are extrinsic and internal pressures we've talked about. So, if you're struggling for, if you feel like you're racing the clock in your life, or you just need a bit more reassurance that you'll find a way, then then read this book. And I'm sure that you'll find some some positive reassurance that you know, you're going okay. Very good. All That's right. It. Well, All right. That, that about wraps was, up. does it. I
1: reckon we've done. It, yeah, it done does. Well, the first the first triax yeah. book. It does.
0: But hang on. So you can't just leave it there. So what book are you going to read for next time? Because I've already got my book here that I'm reading now for next time. Oh, so yeah. hold, on, hold on a sec. So the book I'm reading now, which I'll report back on, is called The Courage to be Disliked. Now, it's a Japanese book. And I picked it up in the bookshop. I never heard about it before. And I saw it on the shelf. And I thought that looks pretty interesting. So it's based on some of the uh, theories from Alfred Adler, I think, is his name. So like a 19th century sort of psychologist or psychology sort of major so yeah it's a great book so far and it sort of complements some of the things that I read in in range as well so can't wait to report back on that
1: very good have you got one um, yeah I do I don't have it next to me I wasn't that prepared Um, (laughs) because because it has been a while since I've I've read a book and now I'm on on uni holidays Uh, I'm going with uh, Green Lights by Matthew. McElroy, oh, which, yes. Which I know yes. you've read, Rob. I love it. I just need, I, I need something because I think from, from what I understand, it's a bit of, bit of an easier read. It's just like yeah. a, like a casual read. So I need something to sort of get me back into it. And I think that's mm. going to be my, my all right, go-to. All right, all right. Yeah.
0: Well, I've got the biggest man crush on McConaughey you'll ever see. So yeah, I love, I love his book and you don't really need to buy the audio book because you just, you basically read it in his voice. Because the way
1: he,
0: (laughs) the way he, the way he writes is the way he talks. So I'm sure we look forward to it, Sean.
1: Very good. I'll report back in a month's time.
0: All right. Well, that's about it. that We've got uh, today on the the Triax Book Club. Never thought we'd do that, but if you've got any suggestions for books as well, please, uh, please leave them in comments and get in touch with us. Because I'm always personally looking out for a good book. I'm not sure about Sean, but yeah, send them through. We'd love to hear some some reads.
1: i've got a a big a big um list on my um on my chrome browser that i've i've got a little folder of bookmarked books like just the amazon link yeah it's about 100 it's about 100 books long but i'm still it it grows by the day but i don't actually get around to reading many of them so beautiful
0: Uh oh well yeah and even if you give us a comment on the most unlikely book that you've read that you've got a lot of value out of that'd be cool as well so until next time, though, Shawnee. Hopefully, uh, you have some luck reading McConaughey's green lights, and, and we'll uh, see you in due course. So, bye for now.